Okay, welcome back. It is time to get moving. You've made all your decisions. You're en route. Uh, so on this whole session, we're going to talk about um, uh, utilizing that floor plan. Hopefully you took some pictures at your new place, have a good idea of the space that you're going to be utilizing when you get there. We're going to speak about uh, should it stay or should it go? Perhaps you can't take all of the goods with you. Perhaps uh, you know the, uh, the new place does not accommodate some of the goods. So it's a great time to purge. Cleanse yourself of all that crap that you've been keeping with you. And uh, we're going to talk about how to decide what goes, what stays, um, what's donated, how to get rid of goods, and kind of free yourself with all that material burden. We're going to talk about, again, how to find a good mover, decide whether you're going to do it yourself, whether you're capable or able to actually rent a truck or do it yourself, if you're going to use a professional mover or if you're going to use a container type service. Uh, we're going to talk about how to find the proper mover, talk about transit times and what to expect, insurance, appliance servicing, and all kinds of tips and advice. So we're going to take a little pause here and then we're going to get right into it. Well, we're Okay, here we go, a million things to do, a new life sitting in front of us. Let's get this moving process on the, on the move. Uh, first thing I uh, mentioned is to have a move file. Set yourself up a file, keep all your receipts, keep everything you do. Now the tax laws have changed in the US, you know, depending on what time and who's in power and what's happening down there, there are different tax restrictions or things you can claim for. It's best to keep everything. In many cases, you'll have time to do it if the tax, you know, up to a year or two. Um, if the tax laws change, you can always have your receipts. And it's also a great way of keeping track of your suppliers, ranking them at the time you use them and deciding whether you're going to utilize them again. If you have a good service from a particular supplier, they're well worth keeping on file. And if you have a bad move with any one of these various suppliers. It's a good thing to have that on record because again, we mentioned you only move every five years or so. So it's good to have a little record. Keep it on your phone, keep a hard copy someplace and uh, work through that and utilize it as you go. Now, we're gonna talk a little bit, uh, now in Canada, mind you, in Canada, your move is tax deductible and it used to be in the US. We are currently in 2018 and the tax laws have just changed in the US. In Canada, you can still claim your move if you're moving for a new job. So in Canada, if you're moving in Canada, keep all of your receipts 100% and you can claim that on your income tax, providing you're moving for a new job. You've got your floor plan You've got a good idea of what will fit into your new home. Hopefully you took a little look at the elevator and access uh, to the building while you were there. Maybe took a few pictures and now it's time to take a look at the stuff you have and decide, is it worth moving? Will it fit into your new home? Can you get it into your new home? And um, 
you know, a great time to go through your closets and your pantries and your cupboards and get rid of stuff. As I mentioned, I've been in the industry forever and it's amazing uh, the, the amount of stuff we just, the baggage we carry with us. So it's a fabulous time to kind of cleanse yourself of all your unwanted goods. Now, general rule of thumb, if you're moving larger items, uh, if you're moving appliances, for instance, everything is based on weight. And if it's not based on weight, it's based on sweat equity. Are you willing to lift that grand piano or, or upright piano out of the basement and up onto a truck? Uh, are you wanting to move the freezer? the fridge and stove, etc. The big heavy items, the dangerous items, to be quite frank, if you're not a professional. Rule of thumb is if it's over 10 years old, it's probably not worth taking a long distance. If you're just moving a, a few hundred miles, it may be worth it, but you can do the math when you get the estimate, just divide the weight of the item into the cost. So, you know, it, it, you'll have a per hundred pound price and the freezer, you know, 300 pounds, whatever the case may be, a, a big piano can go up to 800 pounds. So just 800 by the, it's called a CWT weight per 100 pounds. And you can get a good idea as to, uh, you know, is it worth taking or not? If the thing is worth $400 and it's costing you $500 to move it, sell it on your end or give it away and then buy new. Uh, so you sell it for 200 bucks, you're saving your $400 in moving it, you have $600 to buy something new at the, at the new location. So you have to go through with the big items first, see if they fit, have a good feel for that. Then you have to set up three piles. I suggest you set up three piles. You don't have to do anything. Uh, but you set up three piles, what you're taking, what you're discarding, and what you're giving to charity or selling. Um, and each one of these piles, you know, the, the online selling is okay. I find that the majority of people wait until you have zero as a price uh, before they purchase, depending on the type of furniture you have. Uh, these days, the kind of sleek Scandinavian stuff sells very quickly and the ornate stuff doesn't sell very well. That that can change with as tastes and styles change. But anyway, you have to go through each piece, uh, perhaps use the floor space and go through everything, keep it, sell it, donate it, and, uh, and be uh, ruthless. If you're not wearing clothes, you haven't worn anything for, you know, even say three months, um, it's time to get rid of the stuff, pots, pans, things that you've never used. And it's actually quite refreshing when you, um, when you get rid of all the crap that you have in your home, uh, it, it, it cleanses everything. It's a brand new start. Now with the foods, uh, we suggest that you just stop buying food. If you have a lot of canned items and goods, Movers don't take perishable goods, so they won't take any, uh, if you stockpile meats and, and things of that nature, the movers won't take that. It's, a, it's deemed as a, you know, a perishable substance, so they won't take it. They will take canned foods in some instances, but again, you're paying for weight or you're paying for aggravation in loading the stuff. So when you decide to move, just stop buying food and, um, 
and try to use up everything in the pantries. Uh, the one big weight factor are books and tools. So a good way to, to kind of purge is to go through it and uh, some people are madly in love with their books and that's fine. Uh, two feet of books, a shelf of linear, a linear shelf of books weighs about 45 pounds to 50 pounds. So you have 10 shelves of books you're moving and paying for 500 pounds, five to 800 pounds, depending on the, the type of book. So that's one real good thing to start taking a look at right now is, is weeding through and eliminating books and tools. Uh, if you're a tradesperson, obviously that's not a, that's not a great thing to do, but they're the other heavy item. Now, again, smaller items like that, if you're, if you're driving, to your new location are quite easy to put in the trunk. Like I wouldn't take a box of duvets, for instance. I would take two or three boxes of books or tools in the trunk, which would eliminate the, the weight and your costs, obviously. Uh, if you have a lot of plants, um, a mover, again, may take them. They're at your risk and probably won't make it depending on the distance you're going. So it's again a great time to donate to a local seniors home, for instance, a hospital, provide them to a nursery. Clothing we touched on, just make sure you go through everything and donate what uh, you don't think is sellable. Now, if you're going to sell goods, you can you can utilize a, a garage sale kind of a, approach to things. Of course, you can you know take pictures and post them online. Uh, there's there's a lot of good sites out there just for um, for garage sales that you can actually get a bunch of information on how to hold one and how to run one and you know all the you know things you have to have on on hand when you do that. Uh, you can utilize consignment stores for your clothes and they also have consignment stores for furnishings if you want to let somebody they take a percentage obviously but it's something you can you can look into again movers will not take anything explosive corrosive or flammable and it is uh, highly recommended that if you are doing this yourself you do not take anything explosive corrosive or flammable so all of your um, hairsprays, shaving creams, paints, you know, Javex, anything that might spill and corrode, you'll notice on the side of the um, of the can or the bottle, they'll have a kind of a skeleton hand or an explosive sign or a flame in a triangle. Those are non-admissibles. So you should either give them to friends, or again, if you're disposing of them, we ask, I ask that you do it in an environmental friendly way just don't flush them down the toilet most municipalities um, have drop-off areas where you can get rid of these goods as well as electronics it's you know it, we've got to save the save the landfills a bit so if you're if you're getting rid of the same as medication by the way it should be done responsibly if you're going through your your home and looking at these things a lot of you know most of us have a half a bottle of Drano or something sitting around you give that to a friend or dispose of it in a in a environmentally friendly manner so you have to firstly long story short take a look at what you have envision where you're going into and most times get rid of stuff you're paying both by the pound uh, 
or by the cubic footage when you're moving things, plus you have the aggravation of moving the stuff. So no matter if you're doing it yourself or if you're using a mover, there's a cost involved, a financial cost or a burden uh, to yourself and to family and friends of lifting this stuff that you know, you're going to put in a box and leave it. I've moved several times. I have boxes in my basement that I moved 20 years ago and I have no idea what's in them. Not a clue, but they're in my basement. And when I go through my life as a moving consultant, I see it constantly. People are moving stuff that they have no idea what's in it, but they just in case they open it up and it's, you know, uh, a Mona Lisa tucked away in there or something. It, if you haven't seen it in 1925 or four years or three years or get rid of it. We're going to um, chat a little bit about choosing a mover. Basically, how are you going to move your options? So you have the mover, the professional mover that will come in. And a lot of people think, you know, I'm not going to use a mover. They're too expensive. But there are different options when you're utilizing a mover. You can do a partial pack. You can do a full pack. There's a full service move where you basically just let them in and they pack everything in your home. They put floor runners down. They, they pad all of the furniture. They disassemble the furnishings. They reassemble the furnishings. They set everything up in the other, in the other home. They don't put things back in cupboards. They lay, movers lay things on a flat surface. So the unpacked, you should kind of check out. Then you can also do a partial pack. You can do a little bit of the packing yourself. There's three major costs. There's the actual transportation cost, the packing cost, that's putting all the pots and pans and dishes into boxes. That's referred to as packing. Um, and then the, the insurance. So the three major costs, if you want to eliminate or reduce costs, A, you reduce weight or volume mainly weight. I'm going to talk about that a little later on. So you reduce items. That's the first way to reduce your costs. And the second way is to do your own packing. Now the movers will wrap all of your furniture in moving pads. Um, that's a given. They're going to do that. That's no charge on that. But if they come in there and they start packing your dishes and your pots and pans and you, you know, cutlery and things of that nature, that's a cost and it's about 30% of the move. So one of the good ways of eliminating costs is to do your own packing. Now, just a little uh, r reminder here, when you're insuring your goods with a mover, items that you have packed are not insured unless there is physical damage to the actual box that the movers run over it or some such thing. It's their carelessness that has caused damage. But if the box is you know, intact and there are items broke inside the box, the mover is not responsible because you have packed it yourself. If the mover packs it, they are responsible 100% for any kind of damage if you're insured. Uh, so again a partial pack some folks will elect to have the movers the professionals do the china you know some fragiles maybe some paintings that you're particularly fond of and then it's totally insured and they know what they're doing if you're you know living 
in an IKEA kind of world and you're not overly concerned about any of your of your goods and packing yourself the movers are not deliberately out to break anything they're going to handle the goods uh, as professionally as possible whether they pack them or you pack them make sure if they're fragile you you indicate that they're fragile big and bold on the box so the mover puts it up on top of the load and they're not putting any weight on top of the box bring to their attention you know that there's fragiles in whatever particular box and they will take as much care as humanly possible not to break them again professional movers want you to call them again they're in the business for the long haul so you know it's up to you if you want to do your packing that's fine and of course you can do a complete uh, di do it yourself you can rent a truck and uh, load the truck buy the boxes um, drive the truck and unload the truck that again is totally up to you you have to be a little conscious uh, on the space requirements that you need and also uh, you know your ability to drive depending on how big of a of a truck you're getting your ability to drive that uh, that truck across the country or that um, trailer and the thing that some people don't consider is the labor uh, the friends on origin side at your current place may not be a problem uh, get a commitment get a commitment up front uh, in blood to make sure that they show up and uh, and you know feed them well don't give them the, the pizza and beer until after they're finished but on destination end you have to remember that you have to offload all that good all those goods and get them in there so you have to kind of consider you know you may have a, a good um, a good bunch of support uh, at the origin but when you get there what are you going to do there are also container services whereby you order containers you, you see these pods and things like that you order the container you load the container they drive or store it or they drive it and then you offload it again you need the labor and you have to have um, a good idea of the space you're going to take up the container services don't charge by weight they charge by the container so where it is a good idea in some cases if everything fits snug as a bug but if you have more goods uh, left over when the container is full you have to get another container so you have to have a kind of a good feel for the capacity we're not concerned about weight when we're dealing with a container we're worried about the capacity uh, larger bulky items for instance may not be a good idea to take if you're using a container if you have a big overstuffed sofa it may take up way too much space in, inside the container and then you won't be able to get the rest of your stuff in with a mover it's all based on weight a long distance van line mover it's based on weight so if you have a large overstuffed sofa that's weight if you have a little caveat on this if you have great big bulky items that take up more space than they weigh you can be charged on what's called unusable space so if you have a large boat or a trailer 
or or something very big that weighs very little there is a there is a um, a charge in there it's called you know a additional weight or unusable space we're going to tell you how to make sure that this is clearly identified at the time of the estimate and it is not a surprise to you when you're actually loading the goods that's the responsibility of the moving consultant the moving salesperson has to identify that and bring that to your attention and price it prior to it being loaded and I mentioned there's a there's a there's a little site out there called Relo Security this is mainly uh, a product for people moving within the US but you can go on the um, on the uh, section where they have just information uh, it's called moving resources I believe and there's an actual um, shopping sheet on there that you can download and you give that to all of the consultants and they price accordingly so it's pretty clear that you want everything upfront and in writing prior to you making a decision with no surprises we spoke earlier of these robe movers and these uh, con men that's one of the things that they'll they'll do is use a bulky item or it's taking up too much floor space or some kind of a uh, you know a little angle to get more money out of you so when you're when you're getting a quote make sure everything is identified and quoted on and then what the movers will do is they'll guarantee that price within 10 percent now newsflash chances are very good that you are going to pay that 10 percent so uh, <laughs> what happens in the moving industry um, and it's just yeah, it, it is what it is we give a guarantee within 10 percent we usually um, and I'll say we uh, the industry usually drops or plays with the weight a little bit and then adds on the 10% at the end of the day I don't do it uh, I tell people about it but uh, I kind of find it a little um, a little sneaky so uh, as an industry though if you're getting something guaranteed within 10% add on the 10% and account for that 10% because chances are you're gonna pay an additional 10% silly 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 stuff but that's the way the industry works it's uh it is just what it is um, you can also ask for a guaranteed firm price but a lot of times they won't do it because it's not an exact science to be honest we're estimating the weight so it's a cubic footage kind of thing that we use and convert into pounds so it's not uh, it's not a hundred percent the truck is weighed without your stuff and then all your stuff is put on its weight again so there is variables in there um, so we talked a little bit about the truck rentals I'm kind of digressing here we talked about the truck rentals um, and again you have to figure out whether you're able to do it you have to when you get a truck rental and it says X amount of dollars per day it sounds great also you should be checking for are there any mileage charges are there any um, are there any you know you have to get equipment uh, do you have to purchase pads do you have to rent dollies um, is there a drop-off fee at the other end if you're taking the goods from again LA to New York or uh, you know California to Calgary do you have to pay to drop the truck off at the other depot you know mileage charges fuel charges 
you know, hotels as you travel. It, there's a there's a bunch of things that you should consider when you're when you're um, going through that process. And again, I'll flip you uh, all kinds of tons and tips and information to that quirky little site called themovingmall.com, and it just has a ton of stuff. Um, if you're moving a car, you know, movers will arrange to have a vehicle shipped. Uh, we utilize what are referred to as automobile carriers. That's all they do is they, they move vehicles. And so if you don't want to, if you want everything loaded, your car included and everything sent out, the mover can do that. You can also do it yourself by going directly to one of these automobile carriers, car carriers. Um, you can find that. A mover will give you that information. It's not a big deal. The pricing is basically the same. The mover will put 10%. There's that 10% again. Anyway, the mover will put 10% administrative charges for managing the process and paying the car carrier. So you'll see, and if you go directly to the car carrier, they've allotted, because they do so much volume with the movers, they basically give them a 10% discount. That's, uh, you know, the 10%. So when you're going direct, you basically pay the same amount whether you use a mover or not. So um, with that, there is a different timeline. And we'll talk a little bit about that right now. It's a good segue. Each move, if you're using a professional mover, has what's referred to as a transit time guide. This is one of the biggest... Um, miscommunications in the industry. When a mover picks up your goods, they do not shut the doors and drive directly to your destination. A mover in the US goes from zip code to zip code, in Canada, postal code to postal code. Every one of those large moving trucks you see on the road will hold three three-bedroom homes you know, six or seven apartments, one executive, big executive home. So they're constantly picking up and dropping off. You'll notice they have big doors on the sides of the trucks. They're called barn doors. Um, and that's so they can access different shipments. So your goods are all inventoried. They're tied off or, or separated from the other shipments. And goods are being picked up and dropped off constantly. With that, you receive what's referred to as a transit time guide. That's based on how much weight you have and the distance you're traveling. So, if you're traveling from, oh, we'll use Canada, let's say, oh, well, Toronto to New York, for instance, you, it's not that far, but there may be additional stops on the way. Toronto to Calgary, LA to New York. The driver may stop four or five times going out there. So they'll pick up and they have what's called a trip. They get an electronic readout of all the spots they have to go. So this transit time guide allots for all of the jiggling around they may have to do to get to your destination. People look at this and say, how, you know, I can drive to, you know, tuck 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 in two days. Why is it taking you a week and a half? Well, the reason is that we're stopping three times en route. So 
again, when you you know you you get that information on the uh, on the Relo Security site, it asks that question. They should put in their transit time guide, and what the transit time guide is is a, is a window that they will say the mover will say I'll be there from the fifth to the seventh. Now, if they miss the TTG, the transit the transit time guide. If they don't get there until the 9th, they are, they are liable for out-of-pocket expenses. So they'll pick up reasonable out-of-pocket expenses for you. Uh, so that's why there's always a bit of a, a, bit of a gap because they have to um, kind of account for any difficulties they may have en route. Now, it doesn't apply for acts of God, storms, anything of that nature. You know, if the road is washed out, if the place is flooded, you get your stuff basically when you get your stuff. There's no, there's no that's what's referred to as an act of God. You don't get any um, uh, help on that end of things. But if through normal transportation times if they're late they will pay out of pocket so the driver when they get there will have you will be given the transit time guide on your estimate in that the goods will be delivered from A to B when the driver gets to your home the driver is in many cases the same driver that delivers you at the other end unless you have a small shipment it may be picked up locally and then put on a long distance guy but at any rate your agent or your driver will have a pretty good idea almost you know pretty much to the day when they're planning on being in your new origin they give you their cell phone number you have they have your number it's very important to give all of your information to the mover your contact number your cell phone number a backup number an email address in the event there's anything that goes wrong they will call you and inform you you can keep in touch with your agent or your driver and they'll coordinate a time uh, with you which you know as an industry we're pretty down darn good given the fact that 75 percent of our business is done in june july august it's another thing to pack is your patience when you're moving at the end of the month june july and august it's like christmas in the retail business so it's extremely busy you have to uh bear with the movers it, it's uh, there's a real capacity issue in the industry with drivers uh, as there are in the entire transportation industry and there's a real crunch in the summertime if you can get your move off the end of the month it is advised you do so and it works out better for everyone and if you're moving out and you don't have kids and that you're renting an apartment don't move in the summer it's it's the it is a, as simple as that move on what's referred to as the shoulder seasons you know in the fall in the spring in the winter um, you get a, a heck of a, a lot better service and if it doesn't really matter to you avoid the summer most people move in the summertime because they have kids in school they want to the home shows better in the north particularly real estate is bubbling a little bit better in the summertime and they want to get the kids out of school and into the new place um, you know at the beginning of the school year if you don't have any of those situations if you're renting if you have no children don't move in the summertime um, <laughs> that that and and prices go down dramatically in the off season 
summertime is peak rates, supply and demand issue. The rates all go up in the summertime. So if you can avoid the summer, avoid the summer. If you can't get into your new location and you have to store your goods, there's a couple of options in storing. Firstly, if you're doing it yourself, you can uh, seek out a what's referred to as a self-storage location at your destination. So you can drive your goods out, rent a storage locker and put your goods into that locker. You'll have to rent a truck again and move them out. The pros and cons of storage of your storing traditionally with a mover, the conventional storage method is that they take the goods they unload them from the truck and they put them into wooden vaults inside a warehouse. Climate controlled, fire protected, government approved in many cases, warehouse. The problem with that is it's handled twice. So the goods come in, the driver takes it to your destination city, they unload it, they do an inventory of everything that they take off and then they, um, and then they store it and then you have to pay for basically a local move to get it back to your new location. So there's three charges. There's, there's warehouse handling, that's taking everything off the truck, inventorying it, repadding it into what are called skins or kind of skinnier pads and putting them into wooden containers. All that stuff is called warehouse handling, retrieving that stuff to put it back in the truck, everything done in the warehouse. You pay that charge you pay the actual storage charge and then you pay the delivery out charge which is basically a local move so if you can avoid that avoid it the best thing to do is to move directly into your new home if you can't um, do that the, the other option are the container services that's the pods and the things of that nature now great idea look good on paper I'm you know I've got my own, you know, version of it. I guess that's that's fine. Um, a lot of cases, the pod, the, the pods, you don't pay uh, warehouse handling, obviously, because it stays right in the same container. So it's packed in the container. They basically just take the container off the flatbed truck and put it. In many cases, put it in a yard. They don't put it inside a building. Some do. Again, something to ask if it is going to be stored in a container, is the container stored inside or outside? Uh, no real difficulty. The problem is that, you know, the heat in the summertime, the cold in the wintertime can play a little uh, havoc on the furniture. If again, you're, you're moving your goods are, you know, you're not overly concerned about that, then that's fine. Just make sure you ask the question up front. And, again, and you get back, again, the only con with the container service is the volumetric footage inside. You're, you're dealing with, a, with a, a, um, a set cubic footage. If your stuff doesn't all fit in the container, you have to get another container or look at shipping the overflow, is what it's called, in a different way. Now, the, the smaller the amount of goods you have, the more you pay. So a smaller shipment, as you have more weight in the moving business, in the conventional truck business, the lower the weight, the higher the rate. 
it's a lot to do with the inconvenience and the stopping and the going and all that kind of good stuff. But the more weight you have, uh, the less the per hundred pound rate you pay. So smaller shipments can be a real pain. So there are a number of organizations that specialize in small shipments. The container industry was kind of... Um, was kind of hatched around smaller shipments because they are difficult to move. So again, when you're getting your quotes in, um, see if the mover has any kind of interesting ways of shipping small, smaller shipments if you have a small shipment. If you have an overflow, uh, that's what I mean. You have to get into either a whole nother container or you, um, or you have to find an alternative method of shipping the overflow, which can be costly very costly the best thing you can do if you're looking to move and you haven't found a house yet is to utilize your current location as a storage bin you know um, if you if you can do something with the with your landlord or if you're at your parents place or if there's a, a slow closing leave your stuff in your current home make sure it's insured obviously while you look for a new home. By utilizing your current location, you avoid all this stuff. What you wanna do is get in directly. Um, so that's, a, that's an option, something to think about. You know, just don't be overly you know, anxious to, um, to move your stuff out of your current location. If you can come to some sort of an agreement with the new tenant or with the purchaser, to leave it there for a little bit of time, maybe a month, or even start your start your quest a month before you have to vacate so that you have something you can move in directly to. If you have goods at other locations, they're simply just inform the mover. There's what's referred to as an extra pickup, and they'll go over do, and do that for you unless you wanna go and grab the stuff and bring it back. So if you're staging your home, um, you have to store some of the goods, get rid of the knickknacks and paddywhacks. People usually utilize a, a storage locker or a container. Uh, the mover will go and get that for you on move day. There's an additional charge for that, but uh, rather than bringing it all back to your home, you can talk about to your representative about um, them just doing what's referred to as an extra pickup. So anyway, there, when you're when you're looking at it, the other big cost that we spoke about is what's called extra care protection. That's basically insurance. And there's replacement insurance is the way to go. Have your goods fully covered. That means if you have, um, it's all done by the weight in our industry. That's how we get a guide for it. So it's usually 10 times the, you know, the weight is the cost. So if you have, if you have 8,000 pounds of goods, usually $80,000 insurance. Now again when you're when you're talking to the representatives at your home, make sure you tell them that you want the goods fully insured replacement value protection and to have that cost identified in the estimate. Another thing that sometimes happens is they'll give you a price and then they'll at the bottom will put uh, insurance additional costs and you know you're comparing apples to oranges to bananas so make sure they're all on the same wavelength now what that insurance they can't call it insurance in our industry we call it extra care protection 
but it's underwritten by you know an insurance company at any rate replacement insurance means that if there is anything damaged the mover will either replace the item or give you the money uh, for the item if it can't be repaired the, the first option is a repair it to your satisfaction so if there's a scratch on a table if your hardwood floor is scratched uh, any kind of damages to your property or to the items you're covered by the mover that's replacement coverage this is the little bugaboo here if you've packed the items yourself as mentioned the mover you'll you'll be in a gray area they won't necessarily cover it because you packed it unless there's visible damage that they really did something drastic and damaged it so take a look at replacement value protection on everything there there are deductibles and that again is up to you some some people have a $500 deductible some people you know don't uh, you you in most instances you can't take less insurance than your weight so if you have 8,000 pounds, you can't necessarily take uh, $70,000 worth of insurance. To get replacement, you have to buy $80,000 worth of insurance on it. You can get more insurance, but you can't get less insurance. If you have extremely valuable items, uh, in most cases, they have to be assessed by a professional, and, and you get your... Um, you get the assessment uh, price put on it. Do not take jewelry when, when you're moving, coin collections, all of that type of uh, you know high, high value items you take yourself. Uh, but on the insurance end of things, if the truck, heaven forbid, were to roll over, you would get $80,000 cash if your, if your move was 8,000 pounds. So take a look at it, see if that covers everything and be very clear with your representative as to the coverage on the do-it-yourself stuff uh, you'll have to take out insurance based on what they're doing but your goods obviously are not covered uh, in some instances i believe that the container companies will cover some items if they load them because some of them offer labor but again be very very clear on the insurance and your liabilities particularly too if you're driving a truck across the country are you insured uh, you know if you get into an accident how does how does that all fall out at any rate that's your your three major costs your packing uh, the weight of your items and the uh, and the insurance so get that all cleared up and um, you know, there's a ton of other little tips and advice again go to that moving mall and you can talk about all the things you should do prior to moving in and all the arrangements you should make with your doctors and dentists and vets that's all that this is the time for it if you're driving oh I'm gonna flip in full circle here speaking of driving I apologize the car or automobile if you're shipping it the car carrier has their own transit times uh, I wanted to touch on that I forgot about it I apologize so uh, the automobile will travel at a different timeline than your furniture so if you're moving out uh, the TTG on your household goods may be two weeks 
and the transit time on your vehicle may be three weeks. A lot of them will ship via rail. They'll ship them on trains or they'll ship them on flatbed, you know, these car trucks you see. A car truck. And you know what I mean, automobile carriers. Uh, they Most of these folks work with major car lots and everything, so they, the moving piece is a small piece for them, so they kind of put it into the system. Again, they have a, a different transit time. So be clear, and again, if they don't hit their transit time, they rent you a car. But be clear as to the transit times on your goods, your household goods, and your vehicle, because they're not necessarily going to mesh. In the off-season, a mover will put a vehicle on the truck with the household goods. They block it and um, build decking over the top of it. Then you get everything at once. Uh, they will do that in certain instances for in the summertime, but the summertime, the payload, usually they won't allow vehicles on the trucks in the summertime because the payload is, um, you get more money for household goods than you do cars, basically. So anyway, just wanted to touch on that full circle. If you're driving out, you know, it's good to set up a, obviously a route, um, where you're going, how you're going to get there, your hotels, emergency kits, uh, things to keep the kids happy in the, in the vehicle. If you have children, methods of shipping your pets, um, and always inform someone of your timelines and always have your phone charged in case of any kind of emergencies. But anyway, we're going to, um, next session, we're going to actually get into uh, the jargon inside a, inside a move and uh, going to walk through the steps on how to pick a good professional mover. I hope this kind of touches on uh, a bit of the information that you need right now. It's an exciting time. Thank you very much for listening and we shall speak to you again. Have a great and confident move. Cheers. Well, we're moving on now. Moving on.